So the Bible reading is from Ephesians 3, 16 to 21. And if you picked up one of these Bibles, it's page 1226. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Well, we have a great God who, uh, by his great power, raised Jesus from the dead, and that same power is at work transforming lives. And we want to see lives transformed here in our community and right around the world. And tonight we're particularly focusing on how through our uh, partnership through Compassion with the churches of Tagliabaran in um, the Philippines, uh, we're involved in our transforming lives as God is at work there. And uh, we have two very special guests with us tonight uh, to talk about that work of compassion. Uh, so they're going to share with us uh, some understanding of the lives uh, that people uh, go through in the developing world and also uh, their story, Jane's story of how God has transformed his life and the life of his family. So how are you? Welcome them, Naomi and Jane. Good evening, everybody. It's a real privilege for us to be here tonight on behalf of Compassion. Um, you might notice my husband's doing a kind of slow-mo walk up to the front. He's had a horrible back injury this week. So, uh, yes, that's why he'll be kind of slowly progressing towards me while I introduce Compassion. Um, just out of interest, how many of us are already existing sponsors of children through Compassion? Wow. Amazing. So we're here tonight primarily to encourage you and thank you for what you're already doing through this church community here to transform the lives of those in the community that's somewhat different to ours here, um, but also just to inspire anyone who maybe has been thinking about sponsorship. Um, Compassion is, as I've said, a child sponsorship organisation that works in 25 of the poorest of the poor countries around the world, helping to release children from poverty in Jesus' name through a one-to-one child sponsorship model. So one sponsor with resources comes alongside one child in need, and through a letter-writing relationship, forms, forms a bond with that child um, and sees them through, um, supporting them financially to help them become all that they can be. And we did a little activity in the morning with the kids this morning that we thought we'd just do now as a little icebreaker with everybody. So if you have running water accessible in your home, raise your hand. Electricity available, available in your home? Even in the bush out here? Wow. Things <laughs> had the chance to have an education, go to school, have a roof over your head that most of the time is safe, dry, not too rickety. Does anyone want to hazard a guess about how many children alone don't have access to those things today? A, f- a figure. How many kids don't have access to all of the things you just raise your hands for? Sorry? A billion? Any other guesses? 
two-thirds of the world population. Interesting. So I think the statistic, Jenna, if I'm right, that children and adults included, it is about a billion. Is that right? 1.2 billion. But children, there are 400 million children alive today that don't have all of the things that you've just raised your hand for. 400 million. That's, if my math serves me correctly, that's 16 times the population of Australia, children living in extreme poverty. And compassion, our approach at compassion is that it's not that there's anything different between children who have opportunities and children who don't. It's simply that we're all a product of our opportunities. We're all a product of the doors that have been opened to us. And at Compassion, we believe that our job is simply to open those doors of opportunities, to provide those opportunities for children to become all that they can be. Um, and Jan is going to share some inspiring stories of what that looks like in reality with you guys tonight. So thank you very much for having us. He's going to make his slow-mo walk now. <laughs> I thought I would start with the moonwalk. <laughs> this will have to do. So apologies about my weird movement around the room. Um, I pulled my back trying to lift something, I don't know when, and it's been a bit stiff. Uh, so it's not my on-the-go Indian dance, uh, but just a bit of a dodgy back. Um, my wife in the car, she told me, hmm, I wonder, have you been wrestling with God? Because in the Bible, somebody had to limp for a while when they did. So um, anyways, I hope God will heal me soon. Um my name is Jane, and I come from a country called India. Has anyone heard about India before? Some of you, a few of us, not all of us, don't worry. I've got a little exercise for you, it'll make it very simple. When you go home, turn on your computer and type in the best cricket playing country in the world. <laughs> and you would know all that you need to know about India. Um, but this more evening, it's really, really exciting for me to be here. You know, and uh, I've been looking forward to being at my favorite town in the entire world, Karanjong. Um, um, I want to actually share a story with you. I want to actually tell you the story of a girl, a girl called Shamina, who was born in a village in India. She was born in an environment that Naomi just described, uh, into abject poverty. Uh, in her village, there was no school, no hospitals, um, no opportunities for kids, no electricity. The kids, men, women, families, everyone had to go out in the bush when they needed the toilet. Um, if you're a boy in that village, you go to work in the farm with your father as soon as you're six or seven uh, to earn enough to eat. And if you're a girl, you would learn how to cook because as soon as you're 13, 14, you get married. Um, not because that's what you want to do, but because there was no other opportunities. So Shamina was born in a, in a village like that. Uh, when she was 14, she was playing with her friends when she found out that she was getting married the next week. Uh, and before she turned 15, uh, she had her first child. And before she was 18, she was mother of two children. Um, she knew that her li that was her life, that was going to be her life in poverty, just like her parents did, just like her grandparents did. That's going to be her story. But God had different plans. And in the Bible, the passage we read, um, it says he's able to do immeasurably more 
than we can ever ask or imagine. And how does he do that? He does it through his power that is at work within his people. And my prayer is that as a church, as the body of Christ, we will grasp that idea, that vision that he is able to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine. Because his power, his love is at work within us. Imagine what world it would be if we could all live courageous life, brave life, trusting that God's power is at work within us. God did something immeasurably more in Shamina's life. This girl I'm telling you about. Would you like to hear from Shamina? Well, I don't have her here with me, but I do have a video that I recorded with her. Um, so if, I, if the video could come up, please, and we're going to hear Shamina's story. Well, this evening I've been telling you Shamina's story. Uh, what I haven't told you is she's my mother. I know it's hard to believe. I've had way too many cakes since the video was shot. <laughs> One of the perks of going and speaking at churches. You often get showered with food. And I'm an avid food lover. I can never say no. <laughs> I was born to 15-year-old Shamina uh, in a slum community in Calcutta, India. A community of squatters who lived in this little open space where usually the city's garbage is dumped and there's open drains and stuff. People lived in small houses. The average house, one room house for a family of six or seven, would be smaller than the average toilet in Australian homes. About six by eight feet in area. Um, as a child, you know, uh, in a community, there was about 10,000 people and there was two toilets and one tap for the entire community. Can you imagine early morning rush hours with two <laughs> toilets? Now the boys, girls, men, women, we had to grow up using open drains and garbage areas as toilet. One of the first things poverty does is it takes away dignity from life. When it rained, our community would get flooded very easily. And it wouldn't be just rainwater flooding into our house. It would be sewage and feces floating around. The smell and the filth. Not just challenges in terms of health, um, um, hygiene. You know, the, those kind of environment causes diseases like malaria and dengue and diarrhea. And growing up, lost friends to those diseases. As a teenager, I lost my father to malaria. There was no hospitals to go to, so people just suffered and died. And every morning, my father would wake up and go out looking for jobs because there was no regular work. All the, all the fathers would go out looking for work. And often they wouldn't find any, which meant that night my sister and I would go to bed hungry. And there have been many occasions when that's happened, not just with our family, but hundreds of other families in that community. You know, as a child, you look around, you see a lot of harsh realities of life. You don't experience childhood the way we know here. I'm not saying there is no challenges in our life here. But we've still got food to eat when we are hungry. A safe place to call home. 
an opportunity to go to school if you want education, an opportunity to go see the doctor if you're ill. You know, as a child, poverty starts speaking to you. It told me that, you know, my life didn't matter. There was no worth, there was no value for, our li- for the lives of people living in this slum. Uh, it made me feel very hopeless and, and, and angry. Because, uh, hopeless because you don't know what your tomorrow holds. Uh, and frustrated because you know there's nothing in your power to change your circumstances. But what I didn't know that in Bible, Jeremiah 29.11, God says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans of hope and purpose. And he has a plan for each one of us. That's the best thing ever. That whether you come from my favorite town in the world, Karanjong, or <laughs> the coolest slum in the world in Calcutta, God has a plan for each one of us. And as it turns out, his plan for my community, my people, my family, was his people, was his church. He's able to do immeasurably more through his power at work in his people. When I was five years old, a church started near my community. It was planted by a couple of missionaries. It's a church of about 40, 50 people. But one of the first things they saw was the need that was there in their doorstep. And they came in and they started speaking to our families, our parents, and saying, we want, we're going to help you guys. We're going to educate your children. We're going to provide food when there is none. We're going to help you to go to the doctors when your children are ill. Uh, and they said all these amazing things that our parents got so excited. So they took us along. They said, come along to our church project and, and we'll help you guys. We'll find sponsors for your children. And uh, one, what we later realized that it was compassion working through the church. And that's how compassion works. Partners with the local church, the local people, and empowers them to meet the needs of the people around them. It helps the church to be the neighbor that we are called to be, to be the Samaritan God calls us to be. Love your God and love your neighbor as yourself. You know, I was five years old when I got sponsored. Uh, I was the first child in my community who got sponsored. I don't know why. Don't ask me. Uh, my friends say that probably because I was incredibly cute as a boy. And I don't disagree with them. <laughs> but hundreds of other kids were sponsored over a period of time. Uh, and our life started to take a very different turn. I was the first child in my family to ever go to school. Education brought dignity to our life. It brought dignity when, you know, one of my fondest memories of my childhood was teaching my parents how to write their names. It must be the other way around here. But it brought dignity when my father didn't have to put a thumbprint, but he could write his name to get his daily wage. And my dad was so excited when I got my first uniform pack when I was about to go to school. And he ripped, it, ripped the package open and there was my shirt, my trousers, and then he pulled out a piece of rope and he was confused what to do with it. As it turns out, it was the school tie. <laughs> He's never done a tie. So he had to go back and get a tie with a hook that goes on my collar. Do you get that here? Uh, education brought dignity to our life. And if I'm standing here and telling you as a five-year-old kid, education was the most exciting thing in my life, I'll be lying to you a little bit. The thing that I was most excited about 
was at the Compassion Project. When I say the Compassion Project, I mean the church. Um, at the project, they served big portion curry. And I love curry. Do you love curry? Fantastic. How do you like your curry? Hot or extra hot? No? Medium? Medium. There's actually a verse in the Bible against medium curry. It was big portion food. And I've been an avid food lover all my life. Look at me. <laughs> Coming to Australia, I've discovered pavlova. It's the best invention ever made. The beautiful sweetness of meringue. As you tap into it, it cracks open. And then there is passion fruit and there is mangoes. And, oh, God bless the kiwis. <laughs> Not going to get involved there. Uh, but for my parents, it was a huge burden off their shoulder that our nutritious needs were being met. You know, we used to get these hygiene supplies, which had a family pack, Colgate toothpaste and soaps. And uh, we, had, we got training that to make the most of your toothpaste, you must squeeze it bottom up. Is that a thing here? Our life started to take a very different turn when Tom and Liz Whitman, a couple from United States, looked at a profile like this and said, um, you're going to be that neighbor to this child and the family. And that changed my life. You know, I'm a, I wouldn't have been alive today and standing in front of you and testifying the goodness of God because I had malaria, I had dengue, I had diarrhea. And I survived because I could go to the hospital because one man sacrificed $48 a month from his life. A lot of my friends wouldn't be alive today if they didn't spo- their sponsor didn't sacrifice that. You know, as you saw in the video, I went on to go to university. One of the beauty of compassion sponsorship is it's not just about teaching the hungry, uh, sorry, feeding, feeding the hungry. It is about it. But it's about teaching them how to fish for themselves. You know, they'll take a child when they start school, they take them through school and at the end help them to get into college or university um, or vocational training, whatever works best for that child. Uh, I was interested in business. I wanted to do, I wanted to see how small businesses would create employment and income in poor communities. Um, so I finished a degree in India and I was working on a microfinance project. Um, if you haven't heard about it, it's worth looking up when you go home. Um, and then I got an offer from Manchester University um, and a scholarship to come and do a master's. Uh, that took me to England. Uh, and when I completed, my friends brought my mom over to be at my graduation. It was around the Mother's Day time, actually. Um, and I took my certificate and I gave it to my mom. And I said, this is your achievement for never giving up, for always trying. I wish my dad was there to see that day as well. But your parents here, some of your parents or grandparents, or maybe one day will be parents. You know, all parents make sacrifices for their children. So did mine. They didn't have a lot of money, but the number of times my dad would pretend he's too full and ask me if I would finish his food, and I never said no. <laughs> so I could, I, I don't go to bed hungry. And my mom would give her blanket to my sister, and so she's not cold at night. Um, so my mom was in tears uh, all day on my graduation and, and I ran out of tissues by midday. <laughs> and I said, Mom, this is your achievement for never giving up, for always trying. 
And she said that I'm grateful to God, I'm grateful to Tom and Liz, that because of them, most parents have dreams for their children, but I get to live mine. Um, so I just want to say thank you for the children you sponsor, for the families you support, because you don't just come alongside a child in need. You come alongside some very desperate parents. Now, I'm not, I'm not a parent. I don't know the hardship a father goes through seeing their children go to bed hungry and there's nothing they can do. You come alongside them telling them that you are not alone. You bring Jesus to them. You show them that God cares and he loves all of us. The amazing thing is school and food was not the best thing Tom and Liz did for me. You know, I come from a Muslim family, a non-Christian family. We came to know about Jesus at the project, at the church for the first time. Came to know about this God who says, I've created you in my image. You are my sons and daughters. You know, I love you and I want to be with you, have a relationship with you. I want to be with you in all seasons of your life. You can trust in me. I'm going to provide all your needs. And my parents got very intrigued to see what these Christians from the church were doing for the slum children who were not even related to them. They were asking them, why do you do this? They said, because we love Jesus and we follow him and we want to show his love to everyone. Uh, So my parents started going to church. I started going to church with them. And we came to know about this God called Jesus. And he's changed our life forever. And that was the best thing that Tom and Liz did for us. He gave us an opportunity to have a hope that this world can never provide, that no degree can ever provide, a hope for a life in eternity. They invested a lot in relationship with us and our family. One of the beauty of compassion sponsorship is the relationship you get to build with the child, writing letters to them, and they write back to you. You know, I've never met Tom and Liz in person, but I know lots about them through the letters they've written. And some of the darkest times of my life, those letters have been a source of motivation, encouragement, and impetus. You know, when you live in poverty, you don't have much self-esteem. You don't have much belief in yourself. And then to hear from Tom that he says, I believe in you, I pray for you, and I care about you, and I know that with hard work, you can do well in school. doesn't matter if your parents have never been to school. You know, you need to trust in God and he will help. It gave me impetus to dream big in life, to dream that a different, a change is possible. So I also want to thank you for taking time to write words of encouragement, words of motivation, words of love uh, in the lives of your sponsored children. It makes a huge difference. Before I finish, I just wanted to tell you uh, quickly a story of uh, two girls first one is my sister, Dolly. Uh, she was never sponsored uh, because Compassion usually sponsor one child for family, per family unless obviously there is extreme need where there is um, no parents or disabilities they would take more than one child. But usually they do that because they want to help more families. And what happens is through one child the benefit trickles down to the rest of the family. And we take a lot of pride um, in the fact that what my sister has been able to do, even though it was just me who was sponsored. And I was able to homeschool her a little bit when because I was going to school. And then because I went to school, I had a part-time job and I was able to support her to go to high school. And then she had to never look back. She paid herself through college and university. 
and now currently works for one of the biggest marketing firm in India. Sponsorship doesn't just change the life of one child, but it brings hope for the whole family. And sometimes we are worried, you know, what if I cannot journey with the child throughout the program? You know, what if my financial situation changes? You know, you don't have to worry about the uncertainties of future. That's God's department. One of the beauty is that if your financial situation ever changes, compassion finds that child another sponsor. So they never miss out. The child would always finish the program if they stay along. So you will see in some of the profiles the children are a little bit older. That's not because they've just started school. It's because their sponsor can't continue. We're finding them another sponsor. What Compassion invites people to do is journey for as long as you can, as long as you're able. So I just want to finish with this. When I came out of university, I wanted to change the whole world because I was troubled to hear that there are 400 million children who are living in worse conditions than I ever known. And that's injustice. I wanted to change the whole world. And very quickly, I realized I can't. I can't help 400 million children. And I got overwhelmed. And I was like, what can I do? Can I ever make any difference? And then God reminded me that for Tom and Liz Whitman, my life mattered. For God, each life mattered. Every life is precious. So I thought, I can't change the whole world, but I'll do all that I can to change the world for one child. So I started sponsoring a girl called Shankarith. And I went to visit her. Her family lives in abandoned drain pipes. A whole community of people living in abandoned drain pipes. And it's an immense privilege for me to be on that other side of that relationship, being able to invest in Shankarit's life, being able to give her the opportunity to go to school, have food when she is hungry, be what she wants to be in the future. Because one man gave, I'm able to be the man that I am today. $48 a month I have to sacrifice. I did the math and I worked out that I, have, I would have to give up a cup of coffee and a cake each week to sponsor Shankarit. If you ask me, that was a long drawn decision. I love cakes. I wasn't willing to give up cake so easy. <laughs> then my wife told me we need to give up more than one cake. So now we sponsor three children. <laughs> but that's a different story. This is what I want to finish with. I want to first say thank you very much for your generosity. You might not be able to see the impact you are creating, but that doesn't mean it's not happening. You're changing lives. You're doing immeasurably more by His power that is at work within you. The second thing I want to say is it's exciting that you as a church community has come together and partnered with Compassion to focus on a community in Philippines. Um, so lots of children have been sponsored in that community in Philippines. What it means is you get to build relationship with that community. And maybe someday a couple of you or a group of you go and visit and you get to see the community that you're transforming as a body of Christ here in Karanjong. We have got here some children who have been waiting to find a sponsor from that community, the community that you support. I want you to think if you can sacrifice a cup of cake cup of coffee and a cake to sponsor a child tonight. You might already be sponsoring a child, and thank you very much for that. 
Is there room for another child in your family? Is there room for you to sacrifice another cake a week? I don't want to guilt trip you. I don't want to manipulate you. I don't know your situation. God does and you do. If you're able, sponsor a child tonight. Maybe you need to just step out in faith and see how God blesses generosity. If you'd like to sponsor, please come and at the stand table we have these forms. You can read about the child, you can read about the family at the back. These are individual children. This represent a life. This is Kyle in Philippines in the community that you as a church support. Uh, please don't just pick it up and take it home with you because these are individual children and I don't want you to kidnap them. <laughs> we don't have a second copy. If you'd like to sponsor, it takes only a minute. If you can speak to Naomi or I, we'll set it up for you. Um, and then you can take it home with you. But I just want to finish with this prayer that God will continue to bless you and use you to bring light in the darkness that he will do immeasurably more than you can ever ask or imagine. Thank you very much for having us.